And uh, it's a lot of struggles and really, really challenging. And then also really, really rewarding. So I try to make sure to count all the W's, even the small wins and all the L's to me just stands for learning. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. One, we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 61 of the First Sip Podcast. Today, we have with us Dan Levinson, the founder and creator of Vibal Energy Tea. Um, so, Dan was referred to me by one of our avid listeners who said he met this guy. He had crazy energy. He's been launching this product. And the way that the guy was so excited about it, he just had to come on our podcast since we're based around the first sip and the conversation. Um, Dan is also a food scientist. So we're excited to talk about that. I have questions. Yeah. We're going to talk about some things he's been doing in his life and, and how he got started, but might as well get this going. Dan, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Man, this is when you were telling me about this, I instantly went straight to your, your Instagram for a viable energy tea. And I was like, right, let me check out some of these flavors because listeners may know that I'm a, I'm, I'm an avid tea drinker. Yes. I love, I love some tea. Big I, tea saw, I saw a couple of flavors on there, but before we get into that, what you sipping on today, Dan? I'm sipping on uh, my favorite flavor, which is the pomegranate. Mm. Bible energy tea. That would, that was when I saw, I was like, I know it tastes incredible. So what's yep. the, what's the entire flavor portfolio that you guys got? Um, right now we have five flavors, wild honey, lemonade, pomegranate, tropical punch, and spicy ginger. Ooh, spicy ginger. Remember that was the one I was asking about because mm -hmm. every, every morning I have a ginger, a ginger, lemon, and turmeric tea. That nice. I make. So when I saw the spicy ginger, I was, I was like, once again, we got to get our hands on a couple of these bottles and we will. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be looking forward to it. With that being said, um, before we get going and have a conversation of why he got started, um, we are an affiliate of Vibal Tea. So if you use the code first sip 10, again, that's first sip 10, you will receive 10% discount on any order. And I believe it's drinkvibal.com. Am I correct there, Dan? So yep. go to drinkvival.com, yep. order your tea, which we're going to be talking about. And we'll be sipping on for the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah. Using yeah. the code first of 10, you get 10% off. Mm -hmm. And I'll make sure we tag it in the show notes and everything. So people can get it uh, pretty easily. What are you sipping on the Kembe? Oh man, I needed, I needed a pick me up today. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was a productive long day. Mm. So I just needed a cup of coffee, straight black cup of coffee. Yeah. Good way to go. It's Malazio, by the way. Oh, from Nespresso. Hmm. It's an Italian blend. You do like that. Mm -hmm. What you got over there inside a Gatorade bottle? In uh, there is a extend. BCAAs, but okay. it's their new elite flavor, which has like Man. a bunch of the different mushrooms in it. It's not that good. Wow. It's super earthy. I forgot like about their company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you gotta be careful with, uh, when they start putting mushrooms in products, it can get earthy real quick. Uh, yeah. It's, this is when, when you open the bottle, it's like, it's, it's earthy. Have you ever seen like vegan protein powder? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's what these BCAAs taste like and look like. Wow. And it's not, it's not great. I feel but, like that's a good place to get started then being a food scientist, right? Yeah. Is that some of the stuff that you look into that you experiment with? Um, it's funny. Like most of my projects are reactive. Like people will give me a project that they want me to help them with. So I have a, my own consultancy uh, that I started to keep my lights on. It's called Apple and Orchard Labs. Apple and Orchard, uh, dot com. 
And we're there to help people develop their dream products from Apple to Orchard. Mm, I like that. Check us out. And I have had people come to me uh, looking for help launching BCAA blends. And so uh, I didn't end up taking the project. It wasn't a good fit. But uh, I uh, started taking BCAAs myself. Um, I looked at, right now I'm taking this Thorn, T-H-O-R-N-E, Amino okay. Complex. Um, and I've tried some other ones. And um, I haven't found one that I love yet. So it's, <laughs> um, it's almost like me thinking like, oh, maybe I can make a better version of this. And then it's like, Dan focus you got other things to do and start making crazy stuff but i usually help people with uh snack foods wait so when you're when you're eating something are you like tasting it and dissecting it yourself and be like "Ah, i might be able to do this better using different and like is that what you do when it comes to snacks for sure so i've spent um this this will come back to my uh recommendation later but i've spent a a minimum 10,000 hours uh, doing like snack food product development. So that's kind of like my expertise worked with like small, medium and uh, some really large companies uh, launching snack foods. And so those are the kind of projects that usually come to me. But so when I'm eating a snack food, I'm ripping it apart. I'm looking at that, the texture, the aeration, the calories, and just looking at the ingredients and just like criticizing it, just ripping it apart. It's like my absolute favorite thing to do. Mm. what what got you into that because yeah. I, I love food i'm a foodie i love culinary arts the whole nine yards but what got you into it what inspired you to say this is what i want to focus on and how did you get a food scientist designation like what 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 yeah. encompasses that so um i studied food science at school at university of massachusetts mm. it was the first food science program in the country uh, originally it was like an agricultural science program that kind of transformed over the years. And fun fact, I was at their 100 year reunion in 2019. Hmm. There weren't any professors that were teaching at the time, as you can imagine, yeah. but, uh, there were some people that have been involved with the department for a really long time. So it was a really good department. I was actually going to study music. Um, I play keyboard and I used to play French horn for a number of years in like marching band. I was a marching band nerd, except we used to play, um, we, we, used, we used to play more um, unconventional music. We used to play like a lot of hip hop, like uh, Dr. Oh, Dre, Bone Thugs and Harmony, 50 Cent. On um, the French um, horn? Yeah. Oh, there we go. You ever see Drumline with Nick Cannon? Yeah, I love that movie. I knew you would. I knew <laughs> yeah, you would. So good. We used to have like beat battles with, with uh, just like that, with like neighboring towns. Oh, and we just we go. go at it. That was like so much fun. So I love music. So I was going to, I was going to study that. And then uh, I just um, took a food science class freshman year of college. Uh, it's like a general elective for like a science requirement. And I was like, this stuff is pretty cool. And I had worked in uh, the food industry, like as a kid in high school for like extra money here and there. And I had a job working in the kitchen in college. So I, I always liked the food industry. And I was like, you know what? Like food is the number one economy in the country, in the world probably a lot easier to get a job um, than music. I love my fellow musicians, but I was never like the greatest in the world. And I knew that they got these like five-year-old prodigies coming out of nowhere. And they're just like amazing. And I'm like, how can you spend your whole career doing something? And then someone pops out of nowhere and is like better than you. I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna stick with the food industry. So I, I signed in the major and then that was that. 
So obviously you're a vibes guy, right? And music, marching band. It, it, what's is that the the reasoning behind the name? Vibal question, Vibal. Yeah. Well, what, okay, so you Vibal what stands like. for um, good vibes and balanced energy. Hmm. Okay. Good vibe. What what goes into Vibal? You're a food scientist. You break everything down. What what are the key components that makes this different? Like why should people use our code and drink Vibal? And we'll know. We're gonna try Absolutely. it next week. But what makes it better? Yeah, it is the best tasting, most refreshing, most balanced energy drink ever ever made. Okay. And when I mean balanced, I'm talking about the the boost. Um, so we have developed a product. It's a super energy tea, and it, it's a balanced boost because we have real uh, real tea we're brewing, but we're also adding natural caffeine to boost it. So it's actually using natural caffeine from green coffee beans. So it's the same caffeine as coffee per cup, hmm. two cups per bottle. And then we balance it out with real ginseng and L-theanine aminos. So you got this combination that is just really killer and just really keeps it smooth. You get that nootropic energy. They put a lot of that in some pre-workouts. So really just stay focused. So, and, the, um, so the highlights are the, the caffeine content balanced out by ginseng and theanine. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and for people who don't know, what, what are like the, the benefits of the theanine and ginseng when rivaled mm -hmm. alongside the caffeine? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So I, I've been taking uh, caffeine with L-theanine for over a decade. I started when I was in college and somewhere in the middle of like 2005, I was just like taking way too many energy drinks and coffee. And I was just trying to find that perfect buzz all the time, overshooting, undershooting. And I'm pulling all-nighters. I'm not like a crazy science guy. I'm taking orgo chemistry, biochemistry, like all this physics stuff. And I just, it was really hard to keep up. So I found out about L-theanine. And so what L-theanine does, it's an amino acid that's actually naturally occurring in green tea. And it stimulates your alpha brain waves. So what that does, it puts you in a more of a relaxed, alert mindset. And so you can use it in conjunction with caffeine. So you get that like, you know, caffeine concentration, but the L-theanine keeps you calm. So you get this like laser sharp focus. Like it's almost, it should be like an illegal weapon kind of like focus where you're just really on your, on your grind, on your chain. Ginseng is an adaptogen. And just like a lot of mushrooms that are adaptogenic, it can help with building your tolerance to stress, like biological, chemical, physical stress. It's also been shown to be good for mental clarity. I've added it in my regime um, a couple of years ago. And we also have a new amino acid that uh, we'll be dropping soon in a viable energy tea that I've been experimenting with uh, heavily uh, over the last year or so that I'm really excited that's going to be taking our product to the next level. So when you say I've been experimenting with, what does that mean? Like, are you, are you sitting in your kitchen mixing stuff up or is yeah. there a verification yeah, process, like using. a safety process that goes through? I'm just curious about like beverage making. Like, what yeah, are, yeah, what no, for sure. I mean, I have a kitchen lab at home. Sure. And so I have mixers and beakers. I have a milligram scale that I got for free, hmm. even though it was, should have been $3,000. We can share that on a different story. I did not steal it. <laughs> I was gifted. Um, so I have like the legit equipment and 
uh, the setup. So when I say experimenting, I'll, I'll make my tea, make my base, add my adaptogens, nootropics, and uh, I'll make sure the flavor's on point. Mm. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll dose myself pretty much, you know, and uh, experiment on myself and just, you know, just see how I feel and try to take things over you know, a certain amount of time. No, nobody's going to always feel the same every day. And unless you're in like a pretty solid routine, adding some of these things or taking away, it'd be hard to tell anyone. So I try to, I try to have a good routine, pretty consistent. And then I'll try to throw those in there and, and just experiment with them and see how I feel. I've learned about food science and product development from other mentors. And um, like you mentioned before, I the designation that I have is from the International Food Science Commission. It's the largest food science consortium in the world. And so their, or the organization is the IFTSA, but in the US it's the IFT, it stands for the Institute of Food Technologists. And so they have a, a training course that I took that uh, gave me a CFS, stands for Certified Food Scientist. And there's going to be a quiz at the end with all of these acronyms. So I'm hoping you're ready. <laughs> Okay. We're taking notes. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, right, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, stuff yeah, it's funny you bring that because I was, um, and I'm not sure if I missed it before, but how long does it usually take you to develop, let's say, like the pomegranate flavor or the spicy uh, ginger flavor? How long did it take you from, like you said, from apple to orchard to develop one of those ideas? Um, it really depends. So I started first um, working on my energy teas, and I feel like on the wall here. Um, back in 2012, really. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And We've... so I didn't really launch the other flavors. I mean, I didn't really start experimenting with the other flavors um, until 2017, 2018. And um, it was always like a honey lemon concept. Then I split those between honey and lemon separately. And then the pomegranate, I didn't even start working on until um, uh, uh, September, uh, October, 2019. And I had my first run in December, 2019. So that one probably worked on for like eight weeks. And then the tropical punch one is probably, um, you know, on and off maybe, um, 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 a month or so. It really depends on the typical product development cycle. Um, it could be anywhere between, I'd say six months, and 18 months for a new product, depending on like how innovative it is. If it's just a line extension and you already have the base and you just switch up the flavor system, you should be able to get that in a pretty good place within three months, I think. Um, some people have done things sooner. When, when, I, when I finally decided I wanted to launch, um, I, I had my product in a manufacturing run within uh, less than 100 days. Wow. Like after I after I decided that I was gonna I was gonna go for it and just figured everything out and just hit the ground. Well, what made you do that though? So, what made you like who sits there and says I, I want to launch a, a vibe, good vibes tea? Why why did why did yeah. that? You know, it's always been a this, this dream of mine since um, like 2010. I was always playing around, and um, I like to say that uh, work always got in the way. Mm. Right, a lot of people have ideas and dreams, and uh, the timing never seems right, and you're waiting for waiting for it. And then I think that um, in 2018, there was just like a series of like events that kind of just snowballed on each other that just kept pushing me uh, further and further to, to launch. 
So, uh, you know, one of those I met with a founder of a really successful startup snack food company that ended up selling out to this like venture capital firm that ended up getting sold to one of the largest snack food companies in the world for like hundreds of millions of dollars. So hmm. this guy was extremely successful and it was in a brand he came up with for himself. And I, I met with him because he wanted me to help him do some consulting, but he basically was talking to me about this. And I started telling him about Bible. Right. And, and I, I was like lit up and he's like, He's like, forget about my consulting. You need to do this. You need to launch this. There's like something that's bothering you and you're going to always be wondering like, what if? And that's when, that's like a moment where I was like, maybe I really should launch this. And that was like one of the, one of the moments. And there's probably like another half other dozen moments. Um, you know, one of the most pivotal, I feel like was um, at the time I, I was, I was making snack foods, which. Um, probably was doing more healthy snack foods, but I realized that I really wanted to have more of a, a, a long lasting contribution uh, in the marketplace. And so it's really hard to do that when you're working for someone else. And so I figured that, you know, I want to launch healthy products and I want to make products to help people live a healthier and happier and more balanced life. And a friend of mine helped me workshop that personal ethos I had. And that really wasn't the direction I was going. So I was like, you know, going this way and saying, I want to be over there. And my friend's like, just turn around and go that way. Mm. You know, why do you keep going that way? And I was like, shit, man, you're right. And then that's when I was like, I need to create a plan right now. And that's when I got like serious. That was August. And then September, um, I came back and, and started really figuring it out until I had my first run in December. And how have things been? Like, how, how has business been? The, how's the Vival T business going for you so far? Great, man. It's like a, a dream come true. I've had so many days that I could say that, like, this was the best day of my life. Oh, that's cool. And uh, it's a lot of struggles and sure, really, really challenging. And then also really, really rewarding. So I try to make sure to count all the W's, even the small wins and all the L's. For me, it just stands for learning. Oh, that's a cool little line right there. All the ends, all the L's stand for learning. All the L's stand for learning. Yeah, clip that up. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Were you saving <laughs> that one? You were saving that one in the back pocket, huh? You were like, this is going to be good. Yeah. No, <laughs> was, wow. Well, um, speaking of uh, L's uh, for learning, I also saw on your Instagram that you're currently underway with 75 hard. Yes. How's that going? Took a lot of L's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So did you, are you like midway through it? Did you have to break it? Did you break it? How are you doing? I am on my official temps number eight. Oh, wow. Okay. So you keep breaking. And I am on day 59. Ooh. Oh, here we nice, go, man. man. Don't let it go. Strong. You got to finish. I'm, I'm, I'm one day away from, uh, I'm two days away from the two, two week mark. I can smell it. Yeah. Oh, here we go. So, so what has made you break in the past out of curiosity? Um, not having good systems in place. So, um, my last attempt, I was on day 45. Okay. And I, this, I couldn't make this shit up, but I'm, I'm going to meet my friend who told me about 75 hard for a job. Right. Uh, he lent, he lends me the book 75 hard written by Andy Frisella. Mm -hmm. And he's, and he's telling me about how he fucked up my friend, um, on day like 32 or something, he forgot to take a progress pic. Right. 
I think he was like at his parents' house or traveling or whatever. And like one little thing switched him up, which is like a big lesson of the program that like, you know, you don't want to, you know, miss the little details. And when you change your routine to keep them, whatever, you know. So uh, he's like, you know, don't make, don't do any stupid mistakes. So that day, hmm. I finished my second workout. And I usually take my progress pick after my second workout. For some reason, I decided to take a little like post-workout rest slash nap, woke up. And something felt off. And I was like, shit, what the hell? I missed something. <laughs> and I'm looking at my phone and then I open up the app. I'm like, no, I missed the progress pick. And I took one and like the sun's up from the corner. Mm. And I'm like. Wow. So what set you back was not missing a workout, not missing reading, not missing the water, not missing the lift. The progress pick. A progress pick. That sucks, man. Good for you for holding yourself so accountable that you stopped it. I know a bunch of people that would say, uh, who cares if I missed the prod, the progress pick? Oh, 100%. That's such a good point. That's, I had to. Oh, no, hmm. for a fact, I, I did it with a group of people, and I know for a fact a bunch of them didn't even take daily progress picks. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just, no, I know they didn't. I, I got I, the app. So you upload it into the app and it helps you stay accountable. Yeah, I had the app too. And like it made me, uh, it, it tells you, hey, you missed this step. Are you sure you want to move forward or, or did right. you, you should restart? Right. right. You, that you restarted, man. Yeah. I took, I, I, it was like, I actually, I took a pick in the morning and then uploaded it. So it was still good. And I was like, you're on day, uh, you're on day 46 or whatever. Right. Right. And I'm like, ah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't wow. do it. Wow. So Yo, then that's crazy. That's dedication. I did a half a day. Um, I didn't want to take a whole day off. If you're ever trying to build a routine, um, you should never take more than one day off. So I, I didn't take a full day off. I took a half day off because I wanted to take a conscientious break. So I didn't try to continue it. Cause I know I said, I failed this. So I need to restart. So I, I made sure I failed on the app. Hmm. I, I, I didn't, um, I don't know what I, I like, I think I, I skipped a, a workout. Like one, I just skipped one thing that day to make sure I, I failed. And then I started over. So, you know, not counting that I'm like past a hundred days on this, on the last run. One of the runs before that, I want you to bore the details with how I messed up in the past, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I skipped a, um, I missed a, a cup of water. And I realized it the next day. Wow. I was like, and what is it? It's drink a gallon, a gallon right? right? You gotta drink yeah. a gallon a day. Yeah, I was eight, I I was eight ounces short. And I, I messed up because I have this gal I have this pitcher that I fill up before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. But um sometimes I don't use it and I was filling up cups and then counting cups. And then I'll and I'll put a like a water bottle in I'll fill it up, put it in my backpack on the way to like do some runs or whatever. And then I woke up and that I had an extra bottle that was still full. Hmm. And I was like, oh no, I missed it. And that, like, I was like, that was on a day, like 25 or something. And that's when I realized, like, I need to make sure that I fill up, don't slip and start filling up random bottles. Just make sure I always stick with the system, which is the fill up the gallon to the number and then use out of that throughout the day. So it's kind of like each, each time is like making sure you lock in that system so you don't break the system, which is like an analogy for, you know, I think how we should approach a lot of different things in our lives. Mm-hmm. That's I'm I'm happy you brought that back up again because I wanted to ask you if if it was easier for you to identify you know that you need systems to be able to get through 75 hard because you're already running a business or if that's like something that you had before the business if it's something that's just how did you realize that Yeah no it's such a good question I feel like they're so connected and everything I've learned and listened to from other founders always say how much uh, of 
a personal growth experience uh, being a founder is as much as a, a business. And then, so those two things about having good systems in place are so interconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, you talk about other founders. We've had the privilege of sitting out with a few founders now, you know, through the podcast and asking them about their story, asking them about the personal growth. And you're spot on with that. They all talk about, you know, like you start off with the dream, you know, you start off with these ideas, but then you get to a point where, and we were talking about this right before, where you just, things just start getting kind of scattered, right? And you're trying to do everything. You're trying to be in so many places at once. And you realize the only way that this is ever going to get to the point that you wanted to get to is by figuring out some systems. And like you're saying, the best way to sometimes do that is by asking other people, you know, and getting that advice. Uh, So is you, you brought up that person that you had met that was working in the snack industry, you know, and had, um, had a good amount of success. Is that somebody that you're still working with now, like is in a mentor capacity or do you not really talk to them anymore? Um, yeah, not them necessarily. They weren't really like uh, a mentor of mine ever or an advisor. They were just someone that was like an inspirational character mm. that, that I was in contact with. But I do have a handful of mentors uh, slash advisors uh, within my pool that I have known like throughout my um, experience in the industry, in the food and beverage industry that I do reach out to. Um, nothing like super formal. Okay. But uh, it's something I, I'm always looking for. Um, I don't want to say new mentors or more mentors, but I'm always looking to strengthen my uh, mentor pool. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Did you, did you need funding to get going or was this 100% funded by you? Great question. Yeah. I, uh, I had basically, I did not, I did not do any fundraising. Nice. And I, pulled out my life savings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every uh, penny that I had ever made from, uh, yeah, I was working for um, 13, 13 years at this point. And I had worked with some small companies, medium companies, and um, my most recent job I was at uh, Nabisco. Okay. I was a food scientist in the innovation group uh, in East Hanover. Uh, in their global headquarters. It's a lot of fun. I was making uh, new Oreo flavors. I uh, worked on some innovation for uh, Triscuit, Ritz. I could go on for, for another 20 minutes just about Oreos. Yeah, I was going to ask though. That must have been so much fun. Man. Man. It was fun. I had a couple Are you guys products. eating them? Are you eating them while you're doing it? You got it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I had a couple of flavors that I, I was part of the team of that, that wow. hit the shelf. That was, so that was cool to, wow. to learn about that commercialization process. So, um, that was really interesting, but I, you know, I had, I had worked with, with them for a number of years. I had worked with some other s- startups and um, I was working full time since I graduated college, like right when I graduated. And so for 13 years. And so, and I had invested some of my money, um, nothing crazy, like, but you know, um, it's like S and P stuff with, um, no Bitcoin, no Bitcoin no, games. No, no Bitcoin, dude. I had some opportunities early on. I don't even want to talk about it. Where <laughs> someone would tell me about it, and I, t- I thought they were crazy. You know, we've all had stories. We all have um, that story. Yeah, man, I'm right yeah, there with we're you. We're all we, there. We've yeah. all heard, "Hey, you should do this." We all missed. The Join the club. You know, we meet up yeah. every Tuesday. We talk about it. So yeah. listen, we, we all, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We all have we all have yeah. that same set. <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't have any crazy investments, but I I just had some. You know, I was working for a really long time, mm-hmm. and I had some of it invested. So I took all of that and just and just uh, went all in. 
So you bootstrap um, this from the ground boot, up. Bootstrap to the max. Wow. And I wanted to ask about the the manufacturing process because you said you were able to, or correct me if I'm wrong, you said you were able to launch this within 100 days, right? After you said, okay, you got your flavor yep. developed and now you want to make, you want to get this live. What does the manufacturing process look like for you? And you don't have to give away all your you know, trade secrets, but are you doing it? Is it right here in the US? Are you having international um, manufacturing? Give us a little insight on that. Yeah, so I am manufacturing in New Jersey. Nice. Mm. Yep, and I have it produced at excuse me, an FDA registered facility, and they are able to do smaller runs, which is super critical. You know, a lot of the things that I've heard and learned also about other companies uh, having some issues is trying to do too much too soon, and it's really tempting when you see the scale up economics right tiny batches it's insane amount of money like per bottle right and then just this exponential curve it just goes right down once you start scaling up and you do and you do more volume so it's like really tempting and a lot of people build too much too soon and so i i just kept doing really small batches so i found a place that can help me do small batches um, which is important because i want to want to iterate and learn but yeah, I have all my products that are registered uh, with the FDA, um, food safety reviewed, and I have a quality control team that helps me um, measure the products, make sure we're hitting all your specifications. And we are actually making a fully pasteurized product. So it's fully shelf stable. Nice. Mm. And so I'm able to, you know, really have a confidence in my manufacturing. Mm. So right now it has to remain refrigerated, the viable tea? It's fully shelf-stable, so it does not need to be refrigerated. Throw it in the pantry. Do you recommend drinking it over ice or like room? How do yeah. you? Yeah, I, I, I'll like have it in the, fr- I usually have them in the fridge okay. so they're cold, but um, if, you, yeah, if you keep them in your pantry, just pour it over ice. 200 milligrams. Loaded. They're caffeine. loaded with flavor, so you can pour them over ice and they're still tasting fresh. 200 milligrams of caffeine is, is a decent amount. That, that's a good amount. Yeah. That's a strong, that's, that's, that's like, I think that's what a monster is, right? They're typically yeah, 200. Right Some on, of them are like one, 300. I think like 160 for a monster yeah. or 180. Yeah. 160 for the 16 ounce. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's a, that's a good dose of caffeine. So do you usually um, recommend to people? Well, I guess everybody's different, right? Like I know you would, you would throw that down in one sitting. I yeah. got to split that up in two. I've gotten a lot better at Kembe. Uh, yeah, so we say we're all in progress. I've gotten a lot better. I'm only well, down to two cups of coffee a day. We'll take your no more pre workout. <laughs> we'll yeah, I, I recommend that people, you know, um, you know, test with themselves and know their own tolerance. Um, I, I always say to start with one cup, which is eight ounces, half of the bottle, you know, mm-hmm. and then see how you feel. And if you, you know, if after some time you want to consume more, go for it. I have a much higher caffeine tolerance. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah. How many do you drink a day? How, well, how many have you drank in a day? What's the most vials you drank in a day? Or do you know? Um, I think I've probably had around five, north of five. Oh, <laughs> that was a long day. So that was a long day. It was a long day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, we're talking, I'm doing my own um, uh, transportation. So like I play truck driver for the day. Yep. Last time I rented a 25 footer and uh, picked up the product and loaded it on and then brought it back to storage and unloaded, um, you know, the pallets um, and cases. Mm, and, uh, 
That just brought up another one. Yeah. The, so, the t- actually, the time before that, I I didn't have um I didn't have a 25 foot truck. I had an 18 foot truck, and they have um a lower a lower lift gate maximum, uh, and I had a regular pallet jack. So I had to break down the pallets um, into like smaller loads, and I basically it's going to sound crazy, but <laughs> I transferred every box um, to uh, another pallet dropped it off um, down the, down the lift gate and then stacked it onto a cart and then brought that cart back into uh, my storage unit and then loaded from the cart back onto pallets into my storage unit. And I had 500 boxes and each of them weighed 20 pounds. Oh, oh man. And you're doing this. You're so is this, and I lifted each of them twice. Dan, you'll have like a young cousin. Yeah. So you got, that's for real. You have have somebody in the family. That's that's twenty thousand pounds. You got to put the family to work, man. Come on now. That's, nope. that's a, that I lifted throughout the day. So do you? Not at once. But do, do you? Um, that's why I had five. That's why I had five and a half Bibles. I, Listen, I, I have a nephew in New York. He's <laughs> not too far away. He could start getting some good work in. Okay. Do you? Listen. Um, Dan, do you? One is this full time for you now? Is Bible full time, or are you still um, doing other things? I don't really know what the word full time means anymore. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's just, it's just life, right? Yeah, just you're just working. Life. You're just working twenty four seven. Yeah, I mean, I have like uh, consulting. I'm probably doing 40, between 30 and 60 hours a week. And then Bible, I'm probably doing 30 to 40 hours a week. So sometimes they're both on the higher end or lower or middle. So it's just usually at least um, a lot. I don't have any help um, usually. So I just, and I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to like pull favors on uh, moving cases. I don't mind doing it. I just get it done. Like I said, it's all a part of the process. Yeah. Now with the cases, do you have any, um, any of the tea like in stores? Like I see mm-hmm. how people start getting into like, you know, seven 11s, like um, yeah. different like convenience stores and stuff like that. Are you already in place or? Yeah. So um, if you look at our, our website at drinkbible.com, we have a link for our store locator. Here we go. And we're in about 50 stores right now. Oh, nice, man. Wow. And they're independent stores. Um, I have some, some natural grocery stores that are doing well. I have some bakeries, some convenience stores. And right now, uh, we're in about 20 locations in Manhattan. Wow. Do you pay for, my last question regarding the product, and then we'll get to content rec. Do you have to pay in New York for shelf space? Or do they do they pay you to sell the product? Yes and no. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky it is a tricky situation. So sure. you really have to navigate each account differently, and it really depends on your product, your brand, how many flavors, um, if they've heard of you or not. Um, I haven't run into a situation where they ask for straight up cash. But what they what you see sometimes is they'll they'll ask for something called a free fill. Have you heard of that? No. Free fill is basically like for the first order, give them some free product to fill the shelf, and they'll see if it sells. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I've heard though. that with supermarkets. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So depending on how many spaces you're looking for and how many flavors you have and how your cases are packed you might find different arrangements of how you can work out that deal. Sometimes you can have that be as just a discount on a first order, whether you're doing like, you know, buy a certain amount of cases, get one free. 
maybe you do a, a bigger discount to start with. So, you know, you can convert them to a sale and then just give extra free cases on top of the first sale as a free fill. You might be able to work out that. It really depends. Hmm. But a lot of a lot of larger companies like um, really set the bar high for startups because they will just throw tons of free stuff at these stores because they have it in their budget and they're like really well funded and they can do that. And then you come to them and you know you're trying to like you know try to get a reasonable deal for yourself and they're like, look, I, I I'm getting all this free stuff like you know, so it's 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 really tough to to compete. Um, with some of those, with some of those deals with the big companies. Interesting. And I guess that goes back to like what you were saying about trying to just scale appropriately, right? Making sure that you have the right pieces in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff here, man. Yeah, man. I think, I think we'll, um, we'll have to check back in and like down the road, uh, obviously we're going to be p- pumping out the product. We're going to be trying to help you out and we're going to drink it ourselves, but it's going to be cool to watch you grow yeah. and, and see where viable gets to. Uh, supposedly tea is like a much cleaner form of energy than a coffee is. Yeah. People are loving it. Starting to, I think so. I know people, it's a booming yeah. market. Well, I think one of the main uh, appeals is that it's like lighter on your stomach. And a lot of people will have coffee like in the morning and there's a lot of different types of acids in coffee, not saying that coffee or tea, one is more or less acidic. Cause it really depends on, you know, what you put in there, but there's a lot of different acids that are naturally occurring in coffee and I think that um, on an empty stomach, sometimes it makes people um, a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's a benefit in terms of having an energy source from like an iced tea, which is much lighter and more refreshing and might go better with the meal, especially like during the midday. But we, I find some, um, some people are really enjoying the product during those usage occasions also. Hmm. So um, like we had told you how we, how we cap off every episode. Um, yeah we go to like a content wreck of the week. Um, so is there anything you have uh, for us, book, podcast, show that you've been watching that, that you feel like sharing? Yeah. Um, the last, uh, the last book I've read was this book called outliers by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. That sounds like a you book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Really cool book. I really enjoyed reading it. And I'd say my, my biggest takeaway, my, uh, my Dan's notes on this is that a lot of people see successful people and they just think like, boy, they were lucky and they were just at the right place at the right time. And that's partly true. It's actually a really big part that's true, but they also put in the homework. They did their time. And they found something that they're passionate about, something that they have a unique perspective on. And they put in that 10,000 hours, which I was referring to earlier, um, that I have you know, put into like you know, snack and um, product development innovation. Um, so all of the people that he found that were like the most successful of whatever they've done have spent at least 10,000 hours at it and at a time before it popped off. So like they were right at the perfect place at the perfect time and they were prepared mm-hmm. and they were passionate about it. So I just thought it was a really interesting book and kind of like add some perspective. I love that. Outliers. Love that. Yeah. I wrote that down. I haven't read it yet, but 
I've heard like, once again, a lot of other founders, CEOs, people who are very successful talk about that and talk about the same similar uh, thread right through that story. And when you were just summing it up there, it reminded me of what I think it was Oprah who had said it, that luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's not only about being in the right room, right at the right time, but it's also about, have you been doing the work before you got in the room? You know, because now that you're in here, you can't just show up and say, okay, give me an opportunity or give me X, Y, and Z if you really can't show up and, and provide any sort of value. So yeah, I, I got right. to read that. What exactly. Club list. What do you got for us? Um, so, well, two things. I'm tapping back in. We talked about this one a few months ago, I think the 12 week year. Oh yeah. Right. So we are in Q2 now mm-hmm. and I'm realizing like we were talking about this earlier, like I got to, sometimes you get a little scattered, you know, and you just got to simplify things again. And I'm going through the audiobook version of the 12 week year again, it's just get that understanding again of how can I just get more clarity on the goals of things I'm working on for the next 12 weeks, the next two quarters, and just breaking it down and simplifying things. Because like we said, we got the book club, you know, the spike ball tournament, well, the round tournament, all these things coming up. Yep. So just trying to just get clear mind, you know, just get these notes down and just, just keep it going, just building more and more momentum. So, and quick plug, if you guys haven't yet, go ahead and sign up for the uh, first sip book club. Mm-hmm. The link is in our bio on both pages. So, Check it out, sign up, and you'll get the link to join the Discord group right after that. Nice. How about you, Bert? Uh, yeah, so mine's actually a, a book that I've been reading. Um, it's called Master Mentors, 30 mm. Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. So it's actually a, a compilation uh, by Scott Jeffrey Miller um, on the Franklin Covey's On Leadership podcast. So okay. he, he said, I'm going to put down uh, the 30 most transformative thoughts that I've had from people I've had on my leadership podcast. Um and it, it's, it's like, Hey, I don't want to listen to the, go back and listen to this dude's hour long conversations. Mm-hmm. I want to read seven pages of a chapter to get the overall insight. It's exactly what they did. And it culminates into like 30 great insightful thoughts from the industry's leading minds. And it, it's cool. It's, it's definitely, definitely worth the read and it's an easy read, oh, yeah, especially if I'm doing it. Dan, have you ever read uh, think and grow rich? No, but that's, that's kind of what that reminds me of, you know, had that, um, where he kind of goes out there, interviews other people, figures out, okay, what it is that they've all been able to do to get to that level of success and then simplifying it into a, well, this, into a compilation. This each person has a chapter. Yeah. Like, Ooh, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like chat, like chapter number two, Stephanie mm-hmm. McMahon. Okay. Um, nice. From the if y'all don't know, find out. Yeah. Um, and the first chapter is uh, like, people should read it, but the first chapter, I forget the guy's name. I think it's Nick Kovacic. I don't, I don't want to butcher it. He was an individual who was born without limbs. And the whole chapter is around gratitude. Like this guy literally only has a torso and a head mm-hmm. and is a grateful individual. And we, we don't get how much we take for granted, how often we just use our hands or like our limbs, like just to pick up a viable tea or just to sit down, move mm-hmm. ourselves to sit down. Yeah. Like we're so fortunate. So it's a whole thing about reshaping, not, I have to take the garbage out. So I you get, get to. to take. Yes. That's exactly man, what it is. Listen, man, I'm, we've been tapping into these things. Yeah. Change our perspective. Yeah. So it's all about perspective. It's all Probably. about vibes, right? Damn. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Gratitude is, uh, is so great. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Um, well, Dan, do you have anything? Um, obviously we'll, we'll be in touch. Um, and we'll, we'll be plugging it on the podcast again, first sip 10. If you're interested in trying drink viable, we're going to go on the journey with you. Um, we're always looking for new pick-me-ups. So any last words, Dan? I just really appreciate you guys bringing me, uh, bringing me on to chat. And it was really awesome chatting with you guys and, uh, you know, really appreciate the opportunity.
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We got to, we got to follow up with this. Yeah. See how this thing goes, man. I, I, I see, I see a big, uh, I don't know if you're planning on exiting in the future or selling off to that big, uh, snack company, but man, I feel like cool. you're on track. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you'll have like a you. massive exit. We don't want to jinx anything. Yep, Just trying I, to share the good vibes. One bottle at a time, man. Yeah. Good man. vibes. One bottle at a time. Who can't buy into that? No one. Good vibes. One bottle at a time. And with that, as always, enjoy the first sip.